0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fantasy Players Club. I'm your host tonight, Trevin Cremosta. Levi, the heartbreak kid, Valentine, is here, but he's having some computer problems, so I'm taking over the hosting issues for the night. And, of course, Brent hut hut is also here. Follow him both on Twitter, at Levi underscore Valentine, and at Brent Hykes. Fellas, it is exactly 100 days until the NFL season kicks off. It's the Bucs-Cowboys on a Thursday night game. Do we have any predictions for the next 100 days? Rodgers may be moving, Julio moving, maybe a Chicago quarterback announcement. Giovanni Bernard will probably get cut before then. <laughs> what else are we thinking?
1: I'm definitely going to destroy some Brenton, some uh, some of our best ball drafts. I know that much.
2: I'll, I don't agree with that last one, Trevin, but um, <laughs> I, I think there's a good, I mean, a really good chance Julio is going to be gone and, rogers i think he'll stay put obviously chicago will probably make it some sort of quarterback announcement um and levi's wrong i think i'll be kicking levi's ass <laughs> in some best balls
0: i'll have to get in some best balls this year i've never done it before have you ever done best ball levi i did one last year
1: with print <laughs> so, i think i did finish just outside the money like fourth or fifth or
0: something i had derrick and still managed to not win money so <laughs> <Impressive>. <laughs> And Brent, you do about 50 best ball leagues every year.
2: Um, you can say that you can say that <laughs> it, it it opened up yesterday on DraftKings, and I am in three of them already. So, oh my god, <laughs> at this rate, you're
1: gonna be in about 300.
2: I know, I know, but th- they're a lot of fun. Can't wait to beat you guys. You know, so. <laughs> so, you're just joining
0: random leagues on DraftKings, is that what yeah, for the yeah, most you, part?
2: Well, yeah, all you do is draft and. Let it sit. You don't have to do anything else after it. All right. So we're
0: we're going to do our
1: Sunday best ball coming up. Have you thought when you want to start that, Brent?
2: I'd be good to start it next week already. Next or, week. Or so. this this weekend, this coming weekend.
1: So on Sunday the 6th.
2: Yeah. We'll let's do, do one.
1: It. You have a time in mind?
2: Uh, Afternoon or Sunday night, maybe.
1: Yeah, maybe we'll tweet out the details. Follow us at Fantasy Player C on Twitter, and we'll get those out there. And uh, maybe we can do a live stream of it, and maybe have some of the listeners hop in the live stream and also draft with us in, in this baseball league. That'd be pretty fun.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've got a bachelor party on Saturday, so I can't wait to see how I look on Sunday. <laughs> they get me out draft to the
1: world. Room. You can't make your drafting
0: any worse, at least. You know that <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. We're going <laughs> to jump into the main event.
3: And now for our main event.
0: Trevin's already taken full advantage of his hosting permission. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I make the rules now. Uh, first main event is uh, Eric Gilbert will transfer from Georgia. Uh tight end went to LSU last year. I think, Brent, you had the story on this, and I'll let you tell it.
2: All right. Well, um, he's actually transferring from LSU, and um, today he announced he'll be transferring to Georgia. Um, he was the number one tight end and the number six prospect overall in the 2020 ESPN 300. And supposedly later on this month he'll be joining Georgia to enroll in some classes, some summer classes. Um, He's originally from Marietta, Georgia high school. So he's familiar with, with the state already. He started eight games for LSU last year before he ended up opting out of the season. He was their second leading receiver with 35 catches and 368 receiving yards with two touchdowns. Um, He actually committed to Florida on January 31st, but he changed his mind about a month later. Um, What I find pretty interesting from this, that, I mean, according to the the fantasy perspective out of this, is that he told 27 Sports today that he plans to play wide receiver at Georgia. So um, we all know that Georgia's wide receiver star, George Pickens, tore his ACL in his right knee during spring practice. So um, there's definitely an opening there um, at at wide receiver. And Gilbert, he's he's the type of tight end that, like a Darren Waller, he can basically – basically a receiver playing tight end, but doesn't really line up to block anybody. Um, so that's what's really interesting from this. Um, obviously George is getting a stud, um, but him actually calling himself a wide receiver might end up. I mean, that might be his main position from now on. So if, if he enters the NFL as a receiver, that could change a lot of everybody's perspective on him. What do you guys think about this?
1: It'll be really interesting to see if they actually classify him as a wide receiver once he does declare for the NFL draft and Mm -hmm. how that pans out for the next, at least this season, I guess, at Georgia, if not the next couple of years. Uh, I didn't anticipate that as part of this thing. I I thought it was likely he would end up at Georgia because like you mentioned, Brent, that is his home state. Obviously he could probably go just about anywhere with his talent. So, uh, the Florida thing never really made a lot of sense to me. I guess I don't know where Marietta is and how far Gainesville is from there compared to Athens, but uh, I think it's a great landing spot for him. He's going to have a significant role in that offense, I think, especially if he does make that transition to wide receiver. He can probably do some of the things Pickens does, did for them in that offense and step right into significant mm-hmm. amount of playing time on day one. You mentioned he was a second uh, leading receiver for LSU last year, Brent. Uh, really impressive from the time he stepped on the field, and he opted out early, so it's not like he even played in all of their games and still managed to do that as a true freshman as a tight end. Uh, and you touched a little bit on a little bit on how he was viewed coming out of high school. Brent, the number one tight end on twenty four seven Sports of all time. Uh, so incredible profile. He showed us everything we wanted to see on the field last year. Some questions about his talent, or not his talent, his <laughs> off the field stuff and his academics i guess going forward as part of this transfer thing i think those were some of the questions that were out there was whether he would even be eligible if he did come back to lsu and i guess we'll see if he ends up being eligible at georgia i i suspect they'll get that all figured out but i don't know hopefully he sticks at georgia until he's for the next couple of years and plays incredibly and then declares to the nfl draft because i'm really excited to see what he looks like in the nfl and i think his upside is as high as kyle pitts and we've seen how kyle pitts is. Rocketed up the fantasy rankings, uh, especially the rookie rankings this offseason. So, Eric Gilbert is capable, I think, of being just as good of a talent as Kyle Pitts with everything we know about him so far.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: Have you guys seen these pass catchers that he's looking at joining at Georgia? They're going to have quite a crew there. Uh, Darnell Washington, he's 6'7 tight end. He was a five star tight end coming out, uh, class of 2020 uh joins too it's too bad george pickens won't be there but also jermaine burton was a four-star guy and a lot of people have him as a top 10 the dynasty rankings too as wide receiver so boy they're gonna have some pass catchers there at georgia now yeah. yeah
1: yeah yeah that uh second one you mentioned trevin i forget what was his name i'm sorry the the receiver the four-star Uh, Jermaine Burton, Mm -hmm. Jermaine Burton. He was one of the recent Daily Devies I did. And like you mentioned, he had a really strong freshman year. Uh, I don't think he broke all the way out, but he came really close. And as a true freshman, that's pretty impressive. Uh, He's not a huge receiver, but he has pretty good size at six foot, 200 pounds. Ran a four-four-three 4 coming out of high school, so really good athlete. But, yeah, he shows a lot of upside, and I think he's, you know, the top 10 receiver, Debbie receiver in most people's rankings. So, yeah, stepping in right alongside them. Darnell Washington's kind of a weird one. I think there's some hesitancy around him in a lot of the Debbie circles I've seen because he's 6'7 and 260 mm-hmm. pounds. And so, you know, that type of athlete at that size, a lot of people are – kind of worried that maybe he might be better off sliding over to tackle which would probably maximize his earnings potential in the nfl and uh, if he's able to do that successfully uh, potentially get him drafted higher as well so that'll be interesting to monitor over the next couple of years just kind of a unique situation with him and right now he is a tight end but there is a chance that with as big as he is he could change positions and try to become a tackle
2: yeah. that's I was just looking at darnell Washington. I, I remember him from last year when mm-hmm. he was a high schooler. my gosh look at his pictures from last year yeah. he he is oh my goodness I, and then even seeing him this year on the football field I think he was number zero. um oh man he, he it, that's he, that's that's a pretty cool. We talked about numbers like football numbers a couple weeks ago or maybe a month or two ago. Um, that, that was pretty cool to see a big, huge tight end like that, number zero. And, and he, he did come on late last year. And I read a little something about him today because um, Gilbert transferred there, and I knew they had Washington, and I knew they had a, another guy. I think his name was Bowers. Um, he's one of the top tight ends from this year's class. Um, so Georgia has some freaks at tight end. Um, but Washington, um, they said that he rarely ever blocked anybody in high school. But he came to Georgia, and he was actually a really good blocker. I mean, it's I'm sure it's probably pretty easy being six foot seven, two hundred sixty pounds, and can run that fast. But oh man, that I mean, <laughs> Daniels has some good targets this year. It's gonna be fun to to watch that.
1: Yeah. That kind of athlete with that size, I mean, there is a chance he could become a really good tackle if he likes blocking and if he wants to potentially pursue that as an option for the
0: NFL. I I don't think it's as crazy as it kind of seems on the surface. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'd be pretty funny to have your Debbie tight end all of a sudden switch to a tackle. (laughs) (laughs) Really limit your options then. Um, I was also going to say Jermaine Burton uh, from Calabasas, home of a lot of famous Husker players, so we got a lot of ties there. former Huskers mostly yeah former. <laughs> now uh which one of these dads got angry at you at twitter levi oh
1: kendall milton's dad was not happy with me because i quoted 24 40 time for his son instead of some other laser time from a camp that his son was at where he ran like two times faster so i think mr milton should take that up with 24 <laughs> 7 really
2: I, I did not see that that's that's kind of cool
1: yeah, his Twitter handle is Father of Ballers, if you're looking for him.
2: <laughs> I will have to check it out. I hope he is, listens
1: to this. He looks like a very strong man, and I think in his Twitter bio, he has that he's retired Air Force, so I have no doubt that he would snap me like a twig if <laughs> if he wanted to.
0: You'll change the 40-time to whatever he wants? <laughs> yeah. he are Three nine, first. <laughs> Sir. <laughs> yeah, that's good on your part, I think.
1: Yeah, I just told him thanks for sharing and told him where I got the info. So hopefully that satisfied him. But I don't think it did based on his response to that tweet. <laughs> so uh, at least one Georgia fan or at least one Kendall Milton fan is not a big fan of
0: me and the Daily Debbie. <laughs> I hope he just starts consuming all your content just being real <laughs> stocky <laughs> stalkery yeah that's
1: the only one he's replied to so far he didn't stick up for any of the other georgia players so i guess i might, we'll DM,
0: I might dm your phone number to him <laughs>
1: <laughs> thanks i appreciate it
0: <laughs> all right we're ready to jump into round two here yep so for round two i was gonna ask you uh, i'm Very new at uh, Campus Decanton Leagues and also Divi Leagues this year, and you guys have a little bit of experience with it. So I wanted to get your uh, pick your brains a little bit so I can beat you in both in these leagues that we're starting.
2: Sounds good. Uh, We'll teach you
0: everything you know, but not everything we know. about that? Perfect. (laughs) Uh, So, what's your strategies going in on drafting college players? How do you value them? I know that's pretty broad. Well, do you? <laughs> how much do you put into the years? Because college, it's, the difference between that and Dynasty is Dynasty's a lot more years, you hope, than you're looking at for any of these Devi or Campus Can leagues. Yeah, I'll start, Brent.
1: Uh, our yeah. Devy league, the only one I'm in is when Brent started in the draft every year is combined Rookie, Devy, and Free agent. So it is fascinating to see how people value Debbie compared to rookies, compared to, you know, some free agents who might be out there. Like I think Anthony Ferpster was out there this year, got drafted. And, uh, you had awesome players like Tim Tebow and what's his name? The Popeye's biscuit guy going late. Uh, <laughs> the Kelvin Benjamin. Benjamin, yeah. <laughs> so, but <laughs> I think to answer your question, Trevin, when I – in this league we have 10 spots for debbie and usually debbie this roster spots you can devote to it are pretty limited uh so my strategy is always i'm swinging for the fences because i figure i can get you know mediocre or depth quality talent pretty easily via trade or via just you know guys that didn't pan out the way i thought they would but if you can get a couple of those high-end guys to come off your debbie roster onto your NFL roster in a a year or in a couple years, that can change the whole direction of your team. And so, I am more likely to take a swing on an incoming freshman that's like a Travion Henderson this year, that's number one overall running back, and I think has extremely high upside. Instead of someone like Kyron Williams, who has been really he's been a good back for Notre Dame over the past couple years, but I don't see that same kind of upside. Like I think he could be a starter in the NFL, but he might not be like a running back one, he might be more of a running back two type of ceiling. So that's kind of the way I do it, I guess, is I try to figure out who those guys are that are most likely to have a really high ceiling. And, you know, you're not always going to get those the first year. So, like, a lot of times the freshmen who pop up would have really good freshman years uh, or even sophomore. Like, last this year in our Debbie draft, uh, the number two pick was – Uh, Traylon Burks out of Arkansas, who really had a big year last year, is draft eligible next year, so you're going to get him, you know, after one year on your Debbie squad. It has a really high ceiling. Someone like that may be available and go early, and I think that's kind of the same type of thing where the ceiling is there, but there is still a little less risk than maybe you would see with an incoming freshman or something like that. And as far as, like, how many years until they're going to be on your pro roster – it matters a little bit to me, but again, I'm just swinging for the fences. So if it's going to take a, two years instead of one year, it's not a huge difference maker to me. Like obviously if it's a close or a tie, I'll take the guy that's a year closer, but it's not like I'm always just going for the older guy.
0: So I should back up before you answer Brent. Mm-hmm. Uh, difference between Devi and campus accountant is Debbie you don't get any points while they're in college. You're just hoping to hit a guy that's going to produce for you once they hit an NFL roster, right? You just right. so you're saying you have ten spots in that Debbie roster. You those guys just sit on your Debbie spot. You can trade them, I'm assuming, but they don't. You don't get any value out of them until they hit your NFL roster. They don't produce right. for you until you hit that roster. Where that's campus great. to Canton, it's a whole another league. It's a separate league from the NFL one that we're scoring on. And there's going to be a champion crowned. So you want guys that are producing at the college level to win that league. Yep. So I just wanted to clarify that, uh, Brent, you can kind of talk about your overall strategies on your college players you're looking at.
2: All right. Well, I'll talk about Debbie first. I I try to get probably, I was thinking like 75%, but it's probably got to be anywhere between 75 to 85% of your Debbie players. I think it's got to be running back or wide receiver. And um, even in
1: super flex sprint, you would do it that way.
2: um, And super flex are probably a little bit different there. I think you got to have two quarterbacks um, because right now our Debbie one is not super flex. I I wish it was, um, but, but I I was just mainly focusing on our current Debbie, but um, I still feel like it's got to be the majority has got to be running back and wide receiver And I I think I do it a little bit differently than Levi. I I try to get maybe half and half. I'm taking a swing with a few running backs, a few younger running backs for them to be stars. And then I'm going to draft a few running backs that um, will probably get drafted next year in the top three, four rounds where he can help me out on next year's team. Um, Wide receivers, I'm always trying to take swings with the studs. Um, I feel like if you have a good receiver in any fantasy in Dynasty League, um, you can be good in Dynasty for a long time. So I'm always trying to find the really good stud wide receivers there. So, if I mean, if I had a choice to, to um, pick a stud, um, a for sure, stud wide receiver compared to a stud running back, I'm gonna go for that wide receiver right away. Um, but yeah, no, but
1: no surprise there.
2: No, it's, I know, <laughs> I, I, you should know that by now. Uh, you
1: did for, get Travis Etienne in this league, though.
2: So. I did. I did. I, I got him when he was pretty young. I think I got him when he was a freshman. So, um, just like this, <laughs> it, it, I, I just I'll never forget. There is a run that he had when he was when he was a freshman, and um, I really want to draft him, so I got him. And I mean, hopefully, he'll pan out for me. Um, for campus to Canton, uh, I think it's a little bit different um, since we are using points for these guys. I'm going to try to win that league too. I'm I'm not going to just focus on the NFL, and um, I feel like it's got to be some sort of a mix. Um, I want to get guys like at quarterback. Uh, I'm thinking Superflex now. Um, I want to get like the Spencer Rattler, Sam Howell on my team, while I might get it some quarterback that might throw it 70 times a game. So, so there's that's that's going to be a lot of fun. I haven't actually played a full season of campuses to Canton yet. Um, but it's going to be a little bit different strategy. I might be picking a few guys that I know they don't have a future in the NFL. So um, I feel like it'll be a mix. I still want to – I don't want to do it 50-50. I want to maybe get like 75% guys I feel will be good NFL prospect and maybe maybe 25%, maybe a little bit less uh, for guys that will – just do good in college just give me some stats in the game. So it's, it's, it's different.
1: Brent, one of the things that I've kind of shifted my thinking on over the past year is cutting players who maybe I drafted and I don't see having a high upside and uh, potentially getting drafted in the NFL, you know, in the first few rounds. So, for example, the player that kind of made me come to this realization was Puka Williams. So, like, I had drafted him after his freshman season and he was productive and he had, you know, didn't get drafted in the NFL draft. And I held on to him last year thinking, oh, it's just one more year, then he'll be gone or I'll cut him. And I kind of, in hindsight, wish I had just cut him then because I, I do think he's going to have a role on the NFL team, but it's going to be an ancillary role. And it's, you know, I kind of knew that from his size. Like, he's, whatever the 170 pounds he's never going to be a feature back and so i kind of wish i had you know been more aggressive about just cutting him and potentially either taking him as a rookie you know this year or uh just letting him go altogether. and so that's something i did this year is i cut a couple of debbies that i had one of which was brock Purdy, and again this is single quarterback because i think he's probably gonna get drafted but i don't think it's gonna be real high draft capital and same thing with Candy Brooks. Like, I think he's good, but I don't know if he's going to be day one or day two good. And I took some flyers on some incoming freshmen that I think may have more upside. Is that differ from your strategy at all, I guess, as you kind of look at, you know, maybe you take a freshman and they don't pan out the way you thought they would, or they're just kind of a marginal prospect. How do you look at that going forward?
2: That's that's something I definitely thought about. Like I have Justin Shorter on my team. I got him when he was that five star receiver freshman coming into Penn State. He ended up transferring to Florida and he he's done so so in his career. He's not I mean, he's not looking great right now for him, but with Kyle Pitts gone, um, new quarterback, I'm just taking a chance. Maybe he'll have a great year this year, maybe he'll um live up to his five star billing. So I, I definitely thought of that, and that's that's a really good strategy. I mean, it's if you know a guy is going to get drafted like in the fifth or sixth round, it's better just to drop him and then draft him the following year, and then maybe take a chance on a younger freshman in in college. So that that's that's a good strategy there.
1: Yeah, since you only get so many lottery tickets, it's seems mm-hmm. like it might be worthwhile to try to hit on those more often rather than hope you know looking at one that's kind of marginal and then isn't likely to gain much value over the next year.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like buying a, a lottery ticket. You don't know if you're going to win, but you have a good chance to win a million dollars when you know you have a dollar winner in your hand. So exactly. you just might throw that dollar away and just go for the million. I get yep. it.
0: Yep. Now that's going to be a little different than a campus to Canton league where you have – 35 roster spots I'm thinking we have on ours and these guys are producing in college. So that was going to be my question on value. A guy like Puka Williams, you're probably going to hang on to him because he's probably going to keep producing in a regular year. I know COVID cut it short last year, but they're probably going to put up big numbers in college. So how are you guys thinking you're going to value uh, players that are going to produce big numbers in college versus your NFL prospects later on? Um, Just for an example, you're looking at a quarterback, uh, Mississippi State quarterback, whoever it's, ends up going to be this starter, is probably going to put up huge numbers. But uh, these first couple of guys that go through Leach's system probably aren't going to be NFL prospects. So, what are you guys thinking on that front for valuing, trying to win the the camp, the campus league versus your future NFL stars?
2: That's that's a good question. Um, Mississippi State quarterback, I I can't tell you who he is right now, um, but he's definitely on my radar.
3: He's.
2: he's, I mean, he plays for Mike Leach. I mean, I mean, KJ Costello, it. No, no, he was last year's.
0: Yeah, it's kind of open this year, from what I saw. And I was, I wasn't saying a specific one. I just know with Leach's offense, they're gonna, the quarterback's gonna put up numbers.
2: Yeah, Um, but um, a guy like that will be on my radar. But I'm not gonna, (laughs) I'm not gonna draft him early. There's probably about um ten other maybe maybe more, maybe fifteen other quarterbacks that I'd rather have instead of someone like that.
0: To me as a novice though, a quarterback like that's gonna really help you win a campus the campus league.
2: I agree, uh, but but a guy like Spencer Rattler will put up some nice numbers too.
0: Sure, sure. I wasn't saying draft him over Spencer Rattler, but when you get to those NFL's prospect ranges where they might not be putting up big campus numbers right now, maybe if you're looking to win it, you take somebody like that. That's what
1: I think is going to be fascinating about this draft is you have the players at the top in the first few rounds who are going to be really good NFL prospects and are going to put up monster numbers in college, like your Spencer Rattler, your Sam Howell, your Bijan Robinson, like all of Your all those types of players are going to go early and then you're going to get down at a certain point that's going to be like players who are going to put up really big numbers in college like the Mississippi State quarterback whoever that ends up (laughs) being but probably don't have much of an NFL future or you have someone like Caleb Williams at Oklahoma who is highly touted incoming freshman he's not going to play at all this year behind Spencer unless Spencer Rattler gets hurt but in 2022 is going to be in a great position to put up a ton of points and have an NFL future. So you're trading off that production in 2021 with the idea that you could have a really high ceiling player in 2022, or, you know, even just some, of uh, maybe you have players, uh, like at Alabama, the Alabama running backs who you never know, which, was, one's, yeah. <laughs> which one's going to be the next guy. But if you hit on it, it's, going back to that lottery ticket comparison, Brad, it's like striking gold.
0: Or in that case, they might not even be the starter Bill cow guy at Alabama, but they might still get drafted high and have a lot of draft capital going to the NFL. So you might never really see the value in the campus league with an Alabama running back.
2: Yeah,
0: Or some of those like day two NFL picks who might,
1: you know, Day two to day three, like round three or four, might have decent value going into the NFL and put up some decent college stats. But you may have some of those smaller school guys who are going to be putting up a ton of points against really bad competition on the campus side. And it's going to be really interesting to see how how the different teams strategize around that and value those players as we get into those middle rounds, I think. And I don't know that there's a right or wrong answer. I think it just depends on is your goal to win the campus side or is it to put as much talent into your nfl roster as you can
2: i i bet i bet there'll be a few teams in our campus can canton league that's going to go all out on trying to win it so um they won't even care about the nfl i mean if if it works out for these guys that they're drafting, great but i can see them just going all out and picking all, all the studs while other people maybe do a little bit of both
1: and if you're zagging in that way while everybody zigs, I mean, yeah. you can win 125 bucks every year, get your money back, yeah. and win like 50 bucks, and you can probably be in contention every year too. Like if you're just taking a lot of those smaller school guys that everybody's passing on because they're going for the NFL prospects, your team could put up a ton of points without spending a ton of draft capital in that draft every year, and you could be one of those top two three four teams every year especially if some of those other teams are going after just those nfl guys that maybe aren't contributing right away or at all or minimally for a couple
0: years and just for our league the payouts are the same right so there's no no is it the nfl's more the nfl is more but if you win the college side
1: you do get more than your money back so yeah Kevin, to answer your question, uh, the first so the buy-in is seventy-five. The first and second in the NFL are two hundred and one twenty-five, and then you get your money back for third, so seventy-five. On the college side, you win, you get one hundred twenty-five dollars, and if you get second, you get seventy-five, so you get your money back.
0: Gotcha. Um, so we'll move on to. Um... I know with you guys, when we talked about Devies in the past, you kind of both advocated for not really rostering tight ends just because you only have 10 Debbie spots. Um, so you don't and tight in such a crapshoot for who's going to make it to the NFL. So you kind of both gave up on even trying to pick a guy mm-hmm. in Debbie and wasting the Debbie spot on those guys. Campus to Canton camp is going to be a little different where you need to have a tight end spot to get points for that league. Um, are you just going to look for the highest guys and hope they also hit in the NFL?
2: Levi, I'll let you take this one. First.
0: <laughs> I think
1: it's important to have a good tight end, especially in our league where it is tight end premium. So it's one and a half points per reception for tight ends in the NFL. And in, on the college side, I tried to make the scoring match. So it's easy for everybody. So I think in that scenario, it is valuable to have a tight end, both on your campus roster, as well as on the NFL side, trying to, identify those players is kind of a crapshoot. Like right now we think we have a few really good ones. We have Michael Mayer, Eric Gilbert, and Jalen Uh, You know, it's kind of the top three that look really good. But it's just, I don't know, like trying to project those into the NFL. You know, we thought David Njopu was this incredible prospect coming out of Miami. Like he was probably the most hyped prospect, kind of similar to Kyle Pitts when he came out. And he just hasn't panned out in the NFL. So it's just like, I think in campus, skin, you have to spend some draft capital on it, but I don't, it, I it's hard to bank on unless you're getting one of those couple of prospects that we all think have both a college and the NFL upside. It's hard to really project it. I think.
2: I think with what we've seen from Kyle Pitts this past year, um, I'm leading towards we were wrong last year, <laughs> um, but I, I'm still not there. I I, I got to see Pitts, um, at Atlanta, um, for a year, see what he does, see if he can prove us wrong. Um, but it was very tempting in the draft this year to pick. I, I love Michael Mayer from from Notre Dame. He he looks really good. He looks like a not a little ground he looks like gronk um and obviously we talked about gilbert he's very good but um i'm close from changing my mind on on this question i did a lot of thinking about it the last couple days because we just had our um debbie draft um recently so um i still don't have a tight end on my debbie team but for campus of canton I mean, I'm looking at it totally different because they're gonna help my college team. Um, I probably won't be able to draft a guy like Eric Gilbert or Michael Meyer, because I feel like somebody else will draft him ahead of me. Um, but I'm still gonna to try to try to get a get a decent tight end that's gonna help me out for my college team. It's just might... so
1: hard. Like look at TJ Hawkinson, like he was top three tight end in the NFL last year, but he didn't break out until yeah, the year he declared for the NFL draft,
0: and and that I mean, was with the Fant was kind of injured that year, wasn't he? That was the only reason he even broke out then, I believe. I might be wrong on that. I don't, I don't remember know. that,
2: but I, I remember I remember Noah Fant being pretty upset. So I, I don't know if he was hurt. I remember Fant being upset that Hawkinson was getting more playing time than what Fant was used to. So. Um, I don't know if Fant was hurt, but that's two pretty good tight ends to have on on a college team.
1: <laughs> but these guys just seem to come out of, you know, nowhere in, in Hawkinson's case and becomes a you know a top ten pick or whatever he was. So it's it's extremely valuable if you can hit on one, but it's hard. <laughs> so I I think you either gotta if if it were me, the more I think about it, it's like you either spend up for one of the top guys or you just throw a lot of darts late and hope that one or two of those guys pans out.
2: Yeah. I agree.
0: So the next question for you guys is, um, this is for good? me and also for anybody listening. How do you, what kind of websites do you go to to find any type of rankings for Devi and Campus to Canton? What are some of your guys' favorites? Are you taking notes over there? I saw you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, here's one you can jot down for your notes, Trevin. There's a, a relatively new website. It just came out this offseason called campus2can.com, And they have rankings for both the NFL side and the college side. And that's probably going to be one of my primary sources during the draft. So I'll just give you my playbook right now so you can start studying up. <laughs> Uh, they have a really good podcast, too, uh, that Austin and Colin do from for their website. In addition to the rankings, they have a, a whole bunch of articles that they put out, and they have, I think, a Discord and some things like that that you can get involved in if you want to. So I've really enjoyed their podcast and their website since I subscribed. It's like $30 for a whole year, Trevin, so it's really not too bad, especially if you're going to play in a league like this where you, you know you want to actually be competitive, uh, and there's not a lot of options out there. That's the best one I know of for campus can if you're looking more broadly for Debbie uh Brandon Lejeune uh has a Debbie dashboard that has like his top 100 players and they do like film reviews and uh I participate in their Slack channel and I've really enjoyed that. Uh, so I think that one's twenty dollars to join. Uh that's probably more Debbie focused as opposed to campus can um, So that's one that I would also, throw out there as a recommendation, and if you're looking to join that, you can reach out to Brandon on Twitter at Deep Dive.
0: Very nice. Brent, do you have any other websites or content?
2: Um, I, look? I'm definitely going to take a look at that Campus of Canton um, website that Levi mentioned. I did not know about that. Um, but I, I look at the rankings to see where these guys are probably going to be picked. Um, because I don't want to reach for a lot of the guys that I really like, because I know everybody else is going to be looking at rankings, and I mean we all look at rankings. Um, but I, I look at Dynasty League Football (DLF). Um, I look at Dynasty Nerds. Um, there's a guy on there, Chakas. I think I think that's what it is. coaches. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's he's really good. Um, another thing that he doesn't rank him um for debbie at all but he ranks him as um possible nfl prospects is phil steele's magazine i really enjoy reading his magazine he is real goes really in depth on every single team and he has um lists upon list of players so it's i really enjoy it. but the only problem with that that comes out like in late june early july so um if you have already had your um Debbie drafts or Campus of Canton drafts, um, it's not going to help you much, but th- that's that's what I like looking at, yeah. Brian
1: Chico just is at Dynasty Tools on Twitter, and he's kind of like I don't know if he created, but he's kind of considered like the godfather of Campus of Canton, Trevin. And he, until recently, was on the Debbie Happy Hour uh podcast, which I thoroughly enjoyed him on and wish he would come back, but it sounds like he's a teacher and had with the COVID year just a ton of extra work. And so he hasn't been able to do that. And I think he might be potentially done podcasting just because of those time constraints, but definitely a great follow on Twitter. He's actually the one who wrote the bylaws template that I uh, used to create our Debbie league really, for our campus scan league. Yeah. So I'm Brent. I don't, I don't remember what site you said. He, and according to his Twitter bio, he's on dynasty nerds is who he writes for. Yeah. So yeah, he's a, a really good follow on Twitter as well. Um, the Devi Happy Hour is still a really good podcast. They have uh, Skip Newton and uh, Matt Jackson, I think is his name, or the two other hosts, and I, I really enjoy that one as well. They talk a little campus scan on there, but uh, they talk a lot of Devi. Uh, so that's another podcast that I recommend, Trevin. Uh, and then Brett, have you ever checked out the um, Devi Watch Guide that they publish for their uh-huh. website?
2: Uh, uh-uh.
1: I haven't either, but I know a lot of people like that one as well. I think it's $20 or something for the guide. And if you want the your membership to their side, it might be 50 or something like that. So
2: hmm. I'll have to check it out. Now I did just,
0: uh, wanted to go through the tight end rankings on 24 seven sports for some of the older tight end class. We're just saying now oh, it's kind of a crap shoot. Uh, 2018, Brevin Jordan was the number one tight end who what did get drafted this year, um, was number three kind of overall in fantasy for Dynasty Leagues. Jeremy Ruckert at Ohio State was the second tight end. He He's still pretty high on campus to Canton rankings right now. Uh, Luke Ford, who went to Georgia at the time, has transferred to Illinois. Uh, Zach Kuntz, who uh, was... <laughs> are you sure that's how it's pronounced? K-U-N-T-Z. I don't know. How else do you say it? Goons, maybe I don't Goons. know. Anyway, he signed to Penn State. <laughs> He's transferred to Old Dominion. Uh twenty eighteen number five tight end was Kyle Pitts, who most look at as probably the best tight end prospect since uh, Vernon Davis, maybe so Yeah. We uh, probably weren't
1: drafting him in Debbie until last year. So yeah. and yep. Revan Jordan gets drafted in what, the sixth round or something like that.
0: Yep. So uh yeah. Good luck scouting your tight ends out there, I guess, is the, what we're saying about all this.
2: Oh, so something else I learned during our um, Debbie draft last week. Um, you remember my tight end, Grant Calcaterra from Oklahoma? Who retired? I, who retired. I guess he came back, came out of retirement, and, yeah. and ended up transferring to Auburn.
1: Yeah, except I think he did not end up staying there. I think he's like SMU or something now. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, he was going to transfer to Auburn, and then I don't know what happened, but that fell through, And he is – yeah, he's now at SMU.
2: Okay, well, I'm, I'm glad he's giving it a try again. So.
1: Yeah, he took a season off, and now he's <laughs> going there, I guess, to try to <laughs> see, play one more year at least and potentially go to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I would just throw out – we've mentioned it in the
0: past, but I'm doing those – Daily Debbie profiles on Twitter.
1: Oh, so, damn it. You don't... Yeah, I
0: was going to make a joke that okay. that's where I'm getting my information.
1: If you don't follow me they are I think there's some valuable information there. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Levi underscore Valentine. Uh, and at the end of the offseason, I'll publish uh, just probably like a PDF or something with all of them in there. So any big ones can flip through them throughout the year. Uh, and Trevin, I do look at 24-7 sports a little bit, like especially for incoming freshmen for Debbie. You know, that's not a bad place to start when they have all the verified testing results. They have obviously the composite rankings. And I mean, you can, you know, listen to some of those podcasts and they'll talk about film or whatever and who they like a little bit better and go watch some of their film yourself. It's kind of hard to (laughs) hard to scout film for high school kids if you don't really know what you're looking for and level of competition and all that's always kind of a big question mark for me. But you can at least take a look and see if there's anything that sticks out to you. Um, so I think that's not a bad place, just when you're looking at freshmen to go. Yeah, to go
2: definitely, definitely. For if you're looking at freshmen, um, I, I really I like the composite rankings because what it does is just um, basically combines all the like ESPN and um, rivals and um, its own. It has its own rankings. It's my, is that my Alexa talking? Sorry, she wants Alex. to chime in here on twenty-four. <laughs> um but uh i, I like 24 7 um but if i was to pick a recruiting site just to look at individually without looking at composite it'd be rivals.com that they have really good rankings too so you you definitely need to look at that when you're doing debbie and campus to camp
1: yeah and the other thing you want to do is do your research uh Lavossier carroll i think was his last name this year an incoming freshman who was recruited as a running back to Georgia, I believe, and he has switched to linebacker. <laughs> so, probably not going to help you a lot in your Debbie leagues if you're taking somebody like that. And I think Brent, there was also a player who got taken in our draft this year who I think switched from wide receiver to tight end. Uh G. 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 Yes. G Scott from Ohio yes. State. Uh, I don't know if the person who realized that who drafted him realized that because they listed him as receiver when they selected him in our chat.
0: <laughs> so
1: you got to keep an eye on some of those things uh, a little more in college than maybe you would in the NFL. <laughs> yes.
2: Yes. There's, there's been plenty of times where i like, Oh, I like that guy. And then all of a sudden I do a quick Twitter search. Um, he's either, I mean like a bad injury or he got kicked off the team or suspended. And then <laughs> So there's, there's things you got to look at. Cause you could be, Looking at rankings from like two months ago, and a lot, a lot has changed in two months. So, yeah. yeah, I always do a quick Google search or a Twitter search of that guy's name before you actually make the pick.
1: Definitely, yeah. Lavasio Carroll was uh, the number eight running back in the class, and he's switching to defense. It looks like he might be a defensive back. I don't know if he's playing linebacker or DB, but either way, he's not helping you unless you're in a IDP league at this point. <laughs>
2: And another guy. I mean, we're, we're we're talking tight ends early. Thomas Fedoni, Nebraska, um, number Already one. Already tore his ACL. Yeah, number one tight end coming in in college football this year, and um, some people might have been interested in maybe possibly drafting him, but they might have changed their mind when they saw that he tore his ACL. <sighs> we sucks. can't catch
0: a break here at Nebraska. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so we might do more of these rankings later, but I just want to get both of you. What's your top three on quarterbacks for uh, Campus Canton right now?
2: Ooh, top three.
1: Top two are easy for me. I think yeah, that's why
0: I made it three. <laughs> yeah,
1: Rattler and Howell. I'd, whoever you want to take first, there. I think they're pretty close. in flip a coin. Those are, I think, the consensus top two. Brent. you agree?
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I, I like I like Rattler number one. And then, how very close that number two.
1: And this is campus to Canton, You're asking, Trevin. Yep. For me, then, I think you can make an argument for two players at three for me, and it's between DJ Uangalele and Bryce Young. And uh, we've seen a little bit from DJ U already, and we, I have a little more confidence, you know, that he's going to be the starter and perform at a high level. I, I really think Bryce Young is too, but we haven't seen it on the field really yet. So just for me, that would probably be the, the tiebreaker and, uh, you know, I guess they both are sophomores. So yeah, the tiebreaker for me would just be that we saw a little more of a sample from DJU last year than, than Bryce. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The third one's tough. Did you, you did a nice job pronouncing his name, Levi. That's, <laughs> yeah, I, that's, that's very good. I'm proud of you. I'm um, trying to get better at that. <laughs> um uh that's tough i, I want to go go out on a limb and pick someone like matt coral but uh, I'll, I'll play it safe and go with dj
1: Trevin,
0: if you've as you've done your preliminary research, any hot takes you want to drop on us here? No, I, I don't know enough to even act like I do here. But I would just DJ you. I'm just saying you like Brent did there, and uh, <laughs> we'll go him just because we did see him some last year. He looks to be uh, the next good quarterback at Clemson. He's
1: but he did lose. Way.
2: He did lose in his start though.
0: <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> he's off my board. Six four Give two me, fifty. I'm big boy. Jeez.
1: I'm switching to Jaden Daniels. <laughs> you like him tall and skinny instead? 6'3", <laughs> 185. God. Yeah,
0: sixty-five pounds lighter.
1: Say my. All right.
0: Ones. Are we ready to move on to the question of the week? Yeah, I think so. All right. So I came up with the question of the week today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a rabbit hole. I've fallen down a couple times. I want to give you guys um, some NFL players, and you tell me your guess what their real God-given name is. How does that sound? <laughs> Sounds great. All right. We're going to start because he's in the news. Let's go with Julio Jones's real name. Juan. Right? Any guesses? John. John. <laughs> <laughs> it is Quintorius Lopez Jones. Wow. Yeah. It's always so funny that we've never, uh, it's just a nickname he got in middle school from his mom hmm. and he, uh, so then he started going by Julio of course all the recruiting services would say list him as Julio. So, and in high school, at track meets he'd go by Quintorius that way it would avoid some attention when his name was looking like he's going to run at a track meet. Oh yeah, I'm sure nobody knew who he was. With yeah, poor <laughs> freak out there running faster than all the other kids. Big dreadlocks. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, that Quatorius guy, kind of looks like that Julio going to play football <laughs> in Alabama next year. From the same school. All right, we got some uh, AJs here. AJ Brown. You guys know what that is, Arthur Juan. Correct. Correct. Yep, Arthur you're Juan. That's correct. Right. Arthur Juan. Yep. Wow. How about AJ Green?
2: Wait, who'd you say last? AJ
0: Brown.
1: Brown. Oh, okay. That's why I knew that one.
2: Okay. Or... I thought you meant AJ Brown. Um,
1: <laughs> It was AJ Brown.
2: Or AJ Green. AJ Green. AJ <laughs> Green's name is Alex I've heard... James.
1: I've heard this one before, but I can't remember it. So I'll go Antonio Binkles.
2: Go businesses. ahead, go ahead. The Bengals
0: Twitter account does like using this when he does something good. So it is out there a little bit, but it's Adriel Jeremiah Green.
2: Oof.
0: Another AJ, AJ Dillon. Damn. I'll just tell you, you're not gonna get this one. Algiers Jamal William Dillon Jr. Wow. <laughs> Algiers. A L G I don't even know who this is. We're going to skip him. Uh, C.D. Lamb.
1: <laughs> I don't know this one. I shouldn't. I...
0: Cedric
2: it's so... Daniel.
1: It's not even abbreviated. He spells it out. C-E-D. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: It's Cedarian. Cedarian yeah. Lamb. I can see why they call him C.D
0: um we're getting there's a lot of people that go by their middle names but chris godwin what's his so uh christopher is his middle name it's a common name it's not a wild one here
1: george
2: frank
0: rod rod rod, rod godwin hey, that yeah, guy he, sounds 50 years old rod god would be an awesome nickname yeah. totally by that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now we're getting to there's That's quite a, a few name i'm pretty sure <laughs> there's quite a few that use the initials their first initial then in j for junior so that's a hint for this dj moore daniel <laughs> junior dante denniston moore jr have you guys heard Dak prescott's before
1: well i know dac from for dakota but...
0: yeah that's his middle name
1: Huh. Um, I don't know his first name.
2: Edward.
0: Rain. R-A-Y-N-E. God. I had to hurt that one. How about uh, Debo Samuel? I'll just listed here for you guys. Aren't Debo Samuel is Tyshawn Rek- w- Raekwon Samuel. Uh, another junior is DJ Chark. He
1: has Chark Jr. on the back of his jersey, so
0: Yep, but that's what the Jays from. Dennis. <laughs> Daryl.
2: Daryl's correct. Daryl hey. Chark
0: Jr. Nice. I think I'm, I'm winning sure. this competition.
1: I,
2: I feel like we need to go by the real names whenever we talk about them. So like, whenever <laughs> whenever Daryl Chark has a good game this year, we got to give him some credit there.
0: I'm sure you've heard of DK Metcalfs before. DeKalen. Yeah. DeKalen Zacharias Metcalf. How about Drew Locke? Andrew. (laughs) That's middle name though. Oh man. Another middle name guy.
1: Ryan. I've
2: heard
0: this
1: one too. I can't remember. Paul.
0: Paul Andrew Locke. (laughs) (laughs) Paul Locke. That name sucks. Might be worse (laughs) player than Drew Locke. Um, So this one might be my favorite. Riley Ridley. You told us we'd never guess this one. So I'm not going to try. You know who his brother is, right? Yeah, Calvin. Got any Husky. guesses on Riley's name? Hobbs.
2: <laughs> no, I, I don't know.
0: It's also Calvin. They're both named Calvin Ridley. <laughs> <laughs> his, <laughs> he goes by his middle name, though. Calvin Ridley. Calvin Riley Ridley. Calvin, like the George the Falcons. Sherman family or what? Yeah, the Falcons receiver. His middle name is Oren, so he goes by Calvin Ridley. You should be yeah, sure.
1: You're, you know the George oh, yeah. Foreman thing don't you Brent
3: Mm-mm.
1: I'll look it up here Kevin, do you have any more
0: yeah we're getting to do you want to hear my favorite one now here, well, this one is my I favorite thought, I yet.
2: thought Riley Ridley, Ridley was your favorite
0: no I got a different favorite Eli cool. Manning what is Eli Manning's real name Derek it does start with Eli so I'll give you that much
2: I assume it's probably not a Elijah. Nope. Because that's too obvious.
0: Elwinger. Um, this know. came up when uh, the Giants drafted Eli Apple. Eli Manning kind of joked, I guess i will got to go by my real name now.
2: Is it Eli Apple?
0: No. <laughs> no. <laughs> So, Eli Manning's real first name is Alicia. E L I S H A. Can well, you believe that? Are you kidding yeah. me? No. I've looked up in multiple places just to make sure. I couldn't believe it.
2: Oh, my gosh. Archie. That was mean. <laughs>
0: yeah, but it's got to be a family name or something. That didn't make any sense. Oh,
2: geez. Save it for a daughter in the family. Man. <laughs>
0: oh there's a lot more out there but that's all we need to really go through i think i don't know if brent's ready for the george foreman trivia
1: <laughs> all right foreman has 12 children's five twelve children five sons <laughs> and seven daughters brent do you want to guess any of his son's names
2: george <laughs> got one <laughs> there we go his five
1: sons are George Jr., George the Third, George the Fourth, George the Fifth, and George the Sixth. On his website, Foreman explains, I named all my sons George Edward Foreman, so they would always have something in common. I say to them, <laughs> if one of us goes up, then we all go up together. If one goes down, we all go down together. Wow. <laughs> That's quite the reasoning. <laughs> he also has seven daughters. Uh Luckily they are not all named George, but one is Georgetta.
2: Georgetta. <laughs> oh, I was
0: I always kinda thought that he
1: named them all Georgetta. So this says Natalia, Leola, Frida, Mishi, Georgetta, Isabella, and Courtney. So it's a wild, wild. A little,
0: I guess they don't all go up or down with the boys. <laughs> <Get their own>. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. You're crazy for that one, George. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah. Do we want to jump into the beer check for the week? Mm, let's do it. Yep. So I have got a Shiner Brewing. They do pretty cool variety packs. They're one of the few breweries that do six-pack variety packs. Yeah. And I got the Texas Heat Wave. And this one is one of the three were a Berlinger Wies, And It's a German-style sour ale. So pretty good summer beers from Shiner.
1: Nice. Do you rate it?
0: uh i'm not a big sour guy and this one's pretty good we'll go 6.8 brett you all go right. next
2: all right i got wicked spark ipa from, oh i
0: thought you were just doing coors again
2: nope I, I did have a couple coors but i i saved this for i haven't took, taken a drink of this so this will be um a true true rating here from bottle rocket brewing from seward nebraska um, kind of a cool cover. It's got a um, little rattlesnake on, on the on the can. Um, but, like
1: it's a record?
2: Not cover, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Label? Yeah. Yes, label. I, I like that better.
1: I had to uh, shame Brent into this for the listeners. He was drinking a Coors when we got on, and I said, you're drinking something else this week? So he went and grabbed this. So, let's hear Brent. What's the rating?
2: It is not too bad. I'll give it a Seven
0: six, nice. Very nice.
1: I have a uh, Samuel Adams Summer Ale. This is a new one for me. Uh, I was in the variety pack from Costco that they had Samuel Adams, so their summer variety pack. Uh, it's a citrus wheat ale. First time ever having it. Mm, that's a good one. I'll go seven, three. That's a good uh, hanging out on the deck
0: having some friends over beer mowing the lawn mowing the lawn <laughs> <laughs> my favorite beers
1: before we go we had a couple comments alex johnson thinks we ought to stream on twitch i don't know how many fans we have on twitch but we could it a shot
0: <laughs> would would he rather watch us on
1: twitch i guess he's watching on facebook right now He also said, I know this is off topic, but how about the NBA playoffs and not the crazy fans? The Bucks and Nets should be a hell of a series. Huge fan here. I recommend mustaches for the panel.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Your reaction to that, fellas? He thinks we need to have mustaches? Is that his suggestion? It sounds like it. Oh, all right. I'm a big fan later on. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of the playoffs. These late games are about killing me now, and they end at eleven thirty, twelve o'clock sometimes, but I've been watching as many of them as I can.
1: Yeah, maybe we can talk about that a little more later.
0: Yeah. I just hope my large adult son wins the title.
1: Don't we all?
2: Yep. Who's your large adult son? Jokic. Oh, okay. He's, he's, <laughs> he's pretty good.
0: Yeah, I love him. <laughs> All right, guys. We got anything else before I wrap it up this week?
1: Uh, if you're not in the defi league yet, go join one or campus game. They're a lot of fun. They definitely make you a better dynasty player, and uh, they'll uh, give you a good reason to at least box score, watch college, if not actually watch
0: more games. Yeah, I'm excited to get this one started. All right, guys. Thank you for being a part of the fantasy players club this week. Uh, we're going to stay at Tuesday night. So uh, on behalf of the Heartbreak Kid and Hut Hut, uh, this is Trevor Cremosta signing off and wishing you a great week.
2: See ya.
3: Stone to the house of such an angel Too fucked up to get back Looking over West Virginia Smoking spirits on the roof She asked, ain't anybody told you That them things are bad for you said many folks aboard me there's been several people try, but up till now there ain't been nothing that i couldn't leave behind hold me close my
0: How about those fans throwing stuff at the players? This madness. Well, I don't wow, know what's bro. going on.
1: Yeah. Go go a whole year without fans in the stands, and we come back and we have these idiots.
0: <laughs> that Trey Young might have got spit on. That fan last night ran onto the court and jumped up and was touching the backboard.
2: Yeah.
1: Crazy. It's... How about that tackle by that security guard? Yeah, I
0: really planted him. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I did. <laughs> Usually they look totally incompetent when they're trying to wrangle those people getting on the field or the court. That guy deserves a raise or something.
0: Yeah, he was ready for it. Been
1: waiting for that moment all his life.
0: Oh, I don't know what it is. If it, maybe this always happened and we just have more cameras and HD and stuff. So maybe we're just capturing it more. Or maybe just something's changing and people are getting more crazy. I don't know.
2: I mean it seems like it's happened like a lot over the last I mean just watching I mean not just in the NBA though but I mean if you remember like Nebraska playing Colorado um way back in the in the 90s um there was stuff getting thrown around on the field all the time at the players um I don't know it's it's I mean definitely bonehead fans I agree uh, do I think like these players should be banned from NBA games, or Fan not? Game. Player fans. <laughs> do I think the, do I think these fans should be banned? Y- yeah, probably. I don't think they should be hit with some huge. Um, I, I don't think they deserve. Like it, it's not assault with a deadly weapon. That, that's because <laughs> because that's what the guy is getting. Um, charged for for the guy who threw the the water the, the empty water sure. bottle at that Kyrie Irving. So
0: I would think they're just doing that now, though, and that's I doubt that's what he really gets charged with. But yeah. I'm not a lawyer. Maybe that's just what they're saying now. But
2: yeah. So, I mean, gosh, I remember the Ron Artest. That's yeah. what I was saying. Right. It sounds like
1: you were in favor of the run our test going into the stands, Brent.
2: That I mean, I, I remember watching that, and I was like, "Oh, that was awesome!" <laughs> but <it's, laughs> maybe it's that
0: cooled of... things down for twenty years, fifteen years, however long it's been. Need another yeah. round of it.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was and wild. That, that was it's. I mean, that, I just watched that on YouTube. I, I think probably watched it over the past year, but. Um, that's, that's pretty cool. Just, I mean, I, I just remember watching it. It was just that's amazing. Cool. I mean, it, it was, I mean, I'm, I was,
0: a. I was young at the time. Was that like, Steven oh, Jackson that was taking that huge windup swing and happened Stephen to Jackson. split slip before he made connection?
2: Um, him or Jermaine he, O'Neal did that. He's
0: going to kill that guy.
2: Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine
1: um, they just picked one of those people up and slammed him? Like on those yeah. seats or on that cement? I don't,
2: I don't know if you guys... Um, I think it's on Showtime, but Ron Artest has a pretty good documentary on, I think it's on Showtime. It's definitely worth watching.
1: Nice. I was surprised we haven't seen that happen more often, honestly. I with?
2: I wonder if like Russell Westbrook, after that guy threw the popcorn on him, um, if there wasn't anybody behind him, I wonder if he would have ran up there and did something. Yeah.
1: Football, it's always great when the players tackle them or the... <laughs> just smoke them. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, football. when a guy goes on the field. Yeah.
0: What's the worst also, thing you guys have done at a sporting event?
1: <laughs> I'm never close enough for it to matter, so mostly just yell.
2: <laughs> Probably just drank. I don't know. drink drink alcohol that's about it
1: other than husker football though and basketball i guess to some degree in college i was never really that i mean it was still pretty tame but you know
0: nothing egregious i've been pretty crazy at salt dogs games before in my younger years (laughs) (laughs) some big huge salt dogs fan, huh well i like to drink the dollar beers there and then really give it to the opposing players
2: did you throw any popcorn kernels at him?
0: No, no, I never threw anything, but <laughs> everybody in the stadium, I'm sure, heard me. <laughs> you, do you want to repeat what you said? Oh, no, I was just telling them they are bad at baseball, and it's not like I was saying cuss words. Just saying their moms are disappointed in them and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> <And>
2: <laughs> I'm trying to really cut deep. <laughs> yeah. Now salt salt dogs, was that like a um triple A? Or no it's not affiliated. Yeah. Not affiliated? Okay. Yeah. Omaha had a team though, right? Or they still do.
0: Storm chasers. Okay. Yeah.
2: I, don't, I obviously I don't, don't I don't follow baseball too much, so I don't know this this stuff.
0: No, I don't either. I just, it was Dollar Beer Night. That's all I knew about it. (laughs) I'm not sure what level. The
1: Stormtasers might be AAA for the Royals.
0: Yeah, they're the Royals team, but I don't know what division or whatever. Uh, Let
1: me look quick. Yeah, they're the AAA affiliate of the Royals. You know, it's the wild. Always stuck out to me as just a wild fan thing, is you know, when Hank Aaron hit the home run to break the record. Oh,
0: yeah. Crazy. Two two
1: fans out there run around the bases with him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's every time I see it, I don't believe it. I'm like, that's gotta be a player, another player, right? No, it's just yeah. two fans that ran out on the field and ran what, the bases uh, with him.
2: Nobody stopped about him. That, yeah. What about what about Phil Mickelson last weekend? Or was that two weekends ago? I mean, that that got kind of got it got out of hand with the fans. Did you guys what see happened? that? I didn't watch what happened. Well, um, on the final hole, there was just fans following him like way too close to security. Um, they lost control of the crowd big time. Yeah, they,
0: <laughs> they're just like walking next to Phil Mickelson.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> All the way up the, the final hole.
1: What's crazy about the Hank Aaron thing to me is just at that time, I think he was getting a lot of like threats and probably death threats especially racially motivated just given the era and the fact that he was a black man breaking a a white man's record and all that stuff and still like two white fans were were able to run (laughs) onto the field and get right up next to him and could have done anything
2: they're just
0: giving him high fives (laughs) like he just broke the record it's going to be the video of all time and it always has these these two white random fans (laughs) running next to him yeah
1: <laughs> thank god it, it went sucks. that way but man it could have been terrible that's crazy i think that's the ultimate like that's the one i always think of when. well that in the art test thing or when, like the ultimate fan like fans in sports the moments i always think of when <laughs> fans are on the field or you know the players and fans interacting
0: i really can't think of a Anything that like, compares to the Hank Aaron one off the top of my head.
1: There's the Stanford Cal, the band is on the field thing, but that's a little different. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: I guess they're at least school affiliated, though.
1: Yeah. They thought the game was yeah. over. It wasn't like they just ran out there
0: <laughs> just
1: yeah. had to be on the field. <laughs> the band is on the field. <laughs> He's going to score. Just runs over that tuba player. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's all I got. Should
2: we
0: call it? Yeah, yeah. I was trying to think of some more fan interactions one, but I can't. I, think I of anything. I can't think of
2: any more any anything that stuck out to me. Yep,
0: that's all I got. <laughs> all
2: Does right. anything happen at any Nebraska games over the years?
1: Just the stuff you referred to in Colorado, but it's not like that's a specific incident that's real famous. And
2: I talked about this on our first intro episode. I remember Ray Carruth. He's he's not doing so good right now, but I, I was I was in the end zone, and we talked about this a year ago. And he was just oh my gosh, he just he was a different type of character. I'll never I'll never forget that. I was just uh I was probably like ten eleven years old, and just hearing him just wanting to wanting to fight everybody. It was, it was, I mean I, I mean me being a little. I mean, little 10-year-old kid, I was just in awe of, the, of everybody just talking back to him. He was just talking back, and he was just like, come on down, let's bring him down. So, I don't know. That's, that's something as a player fan experience that I'll never forget. That just myself was kind of part of. Well, my heart is sweating
3: bullets from the circles.